Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. Morning, Briston. Good morning, Asher. Tell me the craziest thing that's happened this week. The craziest thing that's happened this week. Um, well, I went camping by myself. Yeah, uh, let's hear about it. We, uh, so we traded the trailer. I had the trailer in Art, well, in Little Rock. And I went between my, Briston and myself. Uh, I drove down, he drove up, and we, uh, we traded off the trailer so that we can put on the back land this weekend. But um, afterwards, I went and did a little solo venture into the Washington National Forest. Um, and it's the first time I've ever camped by myself as many times as I've been camping. Did and you see any bears? No bears. Okay. I saw squirrel and a couple deer. That was it. But, uh, for, for anybody wondering, camping by yourself is a little bit different uh, than camping with a group because uh, you're just out there by yourself. So you have to like figure out stuff to do <laughs> because, you know, it's winter for one and it gets dark at five o'clock. And so once it got dark, so I had a campfire going and I had eaten, I was eating dinner. And after about an hour of that, um, I was like, well, dang, like, what am I going to do? I don't have any light. I don't want to go hiking or anything like that in the dark. So uh, I, I started to go and I started to like get ready for bed. And I checked my watch and it's like 630. I'm like, I can't go to bed at 630. I'm not used to this at all. Uh, so I ended up reading with my headlamp for like two and a half hours. And uh, it, Dude, it was fun. That is what they do or what they did back in the olden days. Think about it. Back in the olden days, I mean, they probably talked, read some books, but there probably really wasn't much to do other than work during the day and at night, talk and read a book. So, yeah, I was about to say, I hope you brought a book or something. So, yep. But yeah, uh, I mean, not many crazy things happened this week. So I guess that was that was a new thing for me. Yeah. That was a good experience. I mean, yeah, it's pretty unique. I would be scared to go camping by myself because. I mean, you're by yourself, dude. You know, anything could happen. So, and this, uh, I didn't even bring, well, I brought my hammock and my like tarp that I throw over it usually, but I, uh, I cowboy camped. So I was out in the middle of the woods, sleeping bag and a pad, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that from Josh, our photographer, Josh? Cause he did that and he told yeah. us about it. Yeah. He was, so we, uh, we cowboy camped a couple of times whenever we were in Colorado. And I really enjoy it. I mean, especially if the forecast is clear, it's just so peaceful and you don't have to worry about setting up and breaking down a uh, tent. So yeah, it's nice. Sweet, man. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Asher. Right, so <laughs> something really funny happened last week that I forgot to talk about. So I wake up and I walk into our living room and there is Carly lifting doing um like teas with her arms with cans of rice 
beans and vegetables. I said, what are you doing there? She says, well, we don't have any weights, so these are my weights. She had two cans in each hand, <laughs> lifting, lifting her, doing her workout, and she was sore the next day. So, Wow. Well, good for her. Which I, I commend her because, I mean, she's done it <laughs> twice a week so far. So wow. I think I just need to get her some weights, huh? But She's making it work. Do what? She's making it work. Let's yeah. Respect. Yeah, I, cool. thought, I thought it was really funny that she that she had went in there and got the uh, some beans, started lifting with it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but so we are one or really. So that when this podcast comes out, the backland is already already going to be done. So we're filming on December seventh, but the backland will end. December 11th on Sunday. I'm already saying it. It's already going to, it's going to be on Sunday and it's not Saturday. So, uh, yeah, Asher's going to be there. It's going to be a good time and looking forward to it. So, um, I'm going to go and say it now and then we can look back next episode or people can look at the results and compare it to what we're saying now, but I, I expect it to, to go 130 miles. 35 miles max, 135 miles. So how many yards is that? I don't know. I mean, it's not really yards. That's not really how we measure it. We do loops. Oops. But, yeah, be- just because, um, like, yards is a backyard ultra thing, and this isn't a backyard ultra. This is the back land. That's true, you know, yeah. It's different. It's, it's, Sorry, it's, we got to break ourselves. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we're, we're unique. And so we do loops. Um, so that's four and a half miles times. Let's see what 20 is. That's 90. Well, 135 divided by four and a half. Oh, yeah. I haven't done math in a while. <laughs> okay, that's 32.2 loops. So 32 laps. Yeah. So I bet I have to go 32 loops. 32 hours. That's a long yeah. time. No sleep. Yeah. Unless you run up there real quick on one loop and then take a good nap. So that's a day. So that'll be eight hours after. What start time? 8 a.m.? 8 a.m., yep. So it'll be 4 p.m. on Sunday. You're betting it'll go to. Yep. Dang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! We're going to be up for a while. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and. And one thing I wanted to talk about last episode was I, I got two things actually. Let me pull it up here. So one thing I saw, they recently had the running, like a big running conference in Austin, Texas. It was this big runner convention. And one topic I saw people talking about was bigger race companies coming into trail running. And so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, because, I mean, it, it directly affects us. But I don't think I see it as a problem. And so here's why it's a problem in the first place. So so trail running community is really tight-knit. It's local. It's local business. And for these big companies like Spartan or just any big-name brand that you can think of to come in, and try to establish themselves into a community. 
that's the issue because they're going to take away from all the small business race directors, your local race directors. But I'm going to be honest, I don't see that happening. And here's why. Because Spartan put on a U.S. trial championship in Fayetteville last year, and it wasn't that successful. Like, like yeah, people knew about it, and there's some people that ran it, but, I mean, you didn't see the top people running those races, like the top, the fastest runners in the world running that, or in the U.S., you know. Right. And so um, I don't really see – you know, a big company coming into trail racing or ultra racing and, and doing anything because the races that are established are already established and you can't come in and just take that status from them, you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, from what I heard, and I think you told me this iron man is thinking about getting into the trail racing, uh, business, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think so. I mean, I'll fact I mean, check it while you talk. Yeah, if you think about it, um, so Ironman, you know, they put on these huge triathlons and, you know, they I, I'm sure they get turnouts in the thousands, if not the tens of thousands at some of them. And um, all right, I, real, real quick, up? Outside Magazine says Ironman's big bet on trial running, why the global triathlon giant opted to go all in on a niche sport. All right, I'll turn it, turn it away back to you. Yeah, so, um, you know, they put on triathlons. Obviously, they're a really, really well-known brand around the world. and um, But at the same time, you still have local companies putting on Ironman distance, Olympic distance, you know, uh, sprint distance triathlons. And does it necessarily take away from their share of the market? Uh, that Ironman is putting on, you know, these big races. I don't really think so because I think people do look for those local, like I'm just going to see the people I know from. So for example, in Arkansas, we have the Lake DeGray triathlon and that's been going on for a long time. Um, and it's, it's seen steady growth. So it's like, you know, big companies might come in and they'll be able to put on these huge events but will they really take away from, you know, what we're doing with the smaller events and who knows someday we might be at the same uh, level as they are. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm on the same page. I'm not really worried about it. Um, I think, I think if anything, they realize that it's a successful growing sport, which is exciting. So it's like, we're already in and we're doing our thing and they'll, they'll come do their thing. And, and the, the benefit is, having a big brand like Iron Man uh step in or what was the other one you said? Um it was Iron Man and Spartan Spartan Spartan. Spartan. Yeah. yeah. So the benefit of big brands like that stepping into the trail running community uh is that more people will know about it because you know they've already established themselves with Iron Man or Spartan. And that'll bring more business to us because those runners will, uh, or whatever, those trail racers will know that, you know, Ironman's not the only event that I can do during the year. There's all this other, you know, there's all these other trail races. So that's yeah. exciting. And I want to make it clear in the article that, Sp that not Spartan, but the Ironman 
they joined forces with UTMB, which is the biggest Charles Ultra race in the world. And so they joined forces with them. And I think they're collaborating on that. So I don't know. I'd have to do some more research. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not too big of an issue. The only way I could see it being an issue is if they put try to put on a big big event um, around the same time there was another big event going on in the trail and ultra running world, like a really big one, like well known, like Western States or Leadville or you know, like a big well known race, and they were trying to compete. That's the only right. issue I, I can see it. But I think they're. I don't think they're willing to compete because I don't know. The one thing I learned about the trail and ultra running community is they're, like I said, they're really tight knit. And so we're, we're also suckers for tradition and like long established races. So yeah. Yeah. And I know. And Oh yeah. I forgot. We didn't mention this. So I did a survey a couple of weeks ago on what people expect for races, why they sign up for races and we got the results back and they're actually really interesting, but I'll give you one of them. So there, and this is, these are only significant, significant results. So if you do statistics, it's something that has a P value under 0.05, which means it's very significant. It, it's really important. And so one thing that's very important for trail runners is the race director. And that could have just been the pool because most of our pool was from DFW, North Texas, Northeast Texas, just that area. And so that could have just been a thing within that community. But looking at it on a broader scale, I think it's also a possibility as well that that can be a thing for all over the country. But trial runners look at race directors when signing up for a race. That's what the statistics say. So statistically proving. Trail runners look at race directors. And so therefore trail runners care about who puts on the race. And so therefore, if Ironman comes in, trail runners are gonna be like, no, you're just doing this for business. You're not doing it because you actually care about the sport and the people. You're doing it because it's making a lot of money. You know? People care right. about that. People care about the motives of the race directors. And that's why, and I talked about it other day. That's why I posted my motive for Texas Outlaw Running on my Facebook page because I want people to know that I do have good intentions. So one more thing I want to talk about and tie into this is uh, the effect that racing running has on a broader scale. And so what I mean by that is whenever someone hosts a race, when we host a race, people are coming in, they're staying in hotels, cabins, they're buying food, they're buying gas, all this stuff. And if you really think about it, trail and ultra running is an expensive sport because you spend all your money on the traveling and registering for a race. But the good thing about it is, is if you look at it from an economical standpoint, which if if you know in economics, the more money you spend, the better the economy. And so on an economical standpoint, races are really good. And that, I mean, that kind of goes for events in general, but, um, events really do produce a lot of um, revenue and especially for small businesses. If you're, and you know, I'm really starting now to be a supporter of small businesses and I didn't really understand until you actually have your own small business, what that means. But like when you're going to races and stuff, it's good to always stop at 
some like corner restaurant that it's not like a, a, a franchise or something and support those people as long as their food's good, you know, but I'm not saying support them if their stuff isn't good. But, um, yeah. One thing I'll add to that is uh, a prime example of um, the support that goes into like just a small economy um, because of events specifically trail running is Leadville, right? Cause Leadville, Colorado was a failing uh, mining community yep. in the, what was it? Nineties or eighties, whenever the, the race started. Um, and so, you know, I, I think part of the idea that got the race started was that they needed commerce. They needed something to support the town. And now if you, if you fast forward to today and you look at it, they, that town is bustling because of one event and, brought people in it continues to bring people in it continues to bring you know their economy so and i would say even our little last man standing race the backland that brings in a lot of commerce for walnut creek resort because rusty who owns walnut creek resort tells us that during the winter he doesn't get any cabin rentals at all and we were able to get him completely booked out from this race which is awesome it's going to support him his family and that that resort and when i say resort it's not like it's a it's a nice resort, but it's not like a big hotel. It's it's some little cabins and some trailer homes that are there, and so yeah, it supports him. But hey, I think we're about all out of time. But before we go, you have any last words? Happy trails and all those that um, ran the backland and are listening to this. I hope you're pleased with your result and uh, hope to see you next year. Oh yeah, alrighty. We'll see y'all on the next episode.